0: So today we honour fathers and our thoughts return to our own fathers. Many memories of my own father come to mind. We'd always go to a lake or the beach for our family holidays. My dad would swim every day regardless of the temperature and he would lead the way and we were supposed to follow. When I was a little boy, I regarded my father as being strong and brave. He was a good swimmer, able to swim out into the deep, dangerous water that I was afraid of. A good father is regarded as a protector. Back in the 1980s, thousands of newborn babies were abandoned in Romania. And were raised in poorly managed state orphanages. Hungry babies were locked in cots like caged animals. And workers ignored their cries. These children seldom received love from a mother or a father. They were seldom held and shown affection and many of them grew up to be emotionally crippled. There's a condition called reactive attachment disorder, and this occurs when unkind actions affect a person's personality. Children can lose their ability to trust others, and they can find it difficult to give or to receive love. To escape the pain or rejection they can develop self-destructive behavior and display uncontrollable anger, hyperactivity, learning disorders, and compulsive tendencies such as lying, stealing, and even hoarding food. Without nurturing love, children are four to seven times more likely to suffer from mental ill health. A nurturing mother is particularly important in the first two years of a young life, and a protective father for years three and four in particular. Caring words, friendship, and affectionate touch all have significant healing qualities. I recently read a book by a man called Jack Frost entitled Experiencing Father's Embrace. Some of you may have read this book. Jack's father had been in the military and he brought his family up with extremely harsh rules. Jack received very little love from his father, little encouragement or special times with his dad. He was never allowed to grow his hair and was forced to have an army-style crew cut haircut. One day when he was 18, his father said, you'd better get your hair cut by tomorrow night or else. The next evening, his father forced him to the ground and forcibly cut his hair. Jack angrily abused his father, packed his bags and left home. He moved into a, tow- into a house in town with a bunch of drug users. Every day his father would come to the front door and try to talk to him, but Jack would have nothing to do with his father. One night at 2.30 in the morning his father got the phone call that he had been dreading. Mr Frost, your son is here at the hospital. He's taken an overdose of LSD. Jack lay in a semi-comatose state for five days, and his father never left his side. The only thing that Jack could remember from those five days was his dad repeating over and over, Son, I love you. Everything is going to be all right. At the time that he'd failed his father the most, his father had finally expressed love to Jack. The love that Jack had been craving all his life. Jack recovered with no permanent damage. And by age 24 Jack was strong, self-confident and captain of a fishing boat. He'd accepted Jesus as his Lord but he still struggled to bond in healthy relationships. Many of us struggle in life because we're afraid to give and to receive love. This may be the result of a lack of expressed love from our parents or because we've experienced some traumatic form of rejection. We may put up boundaries and walls to keep people at a distance. Satan whispers that God doesn't love us And we feel the need to strive to try and earn God's love. Satan makes us think that God is an abusive, angry, distant, and impatient man up there in the sky. But John 8 verse 44 makes it clear that Satan is the father of lies. Our self-image helps determine the depth of intimacy in our lives. If we don't feel lovable, we find it difficult to accept God's love and God's favour. We may feel that it's conditional on what we say and what we do, rather than on what Jesus has already done for us on the cross. Are you able to share your deepest hurts and struggles with someone? Are you an encouraging person? Have you accepted the lie that real men don't cry or don't get in touch with their emotions? In 1 Corinthians 13 verses 2 and 3, these verses should be on the screen. Okay, Um, It says, If I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love I have nothing. We cannot earn love. It's very easy to give our time to our work or to our ministry yet neglect our wife and children. At times I felt neglected as a child. There were six boys in our family. My dad was a pastor, and he was too busy to spend a lot of quality time with me. And so I intentionally made every effort to be there for my own children. I'd try to be at home when they got home from school, because I knew that that was the time when they wanted to talk about all that had happened during the day. I attended their concerts and sports events and prize givings and all those sorts of things, and Helen and I would be there in the audience and we could see our children up there on stage scanning the audience looking for mum and dad and finally they'd see us and they'd give us a little wave or they'd nod their heads but they were so pleased we were there we're all created by God to receive and to express love 1 John 4 verses 16 and 17 says God is love And whoever lives in love lives in God. And God lives in him. And this is love perfected with us. Are you comfortable with love? Do you understand how much Father God loves you? Jeremiah 29 verse 11 tells us, for I know the thoughts that I have toward you this is God speaking thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope you know it's really scary the amount of youth suicide that's happening in this country at the moment and the reason is because people don't have a hope when we're a believer in Jesus Christ we know that there's life after death but if you don't have that hope and you're going through hardship, it's very easy to say, well, what's the point in living? I might as well kill myself. Why endure this pain when there's nothing beyond death? God thinks good thoughts about each one of us. God wants the best for each one of us. First Corinthians 13 verse 5 tells us that His love does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Those are words that God wants to describe believers, you and I. But God practices what he preaches. If God's telling us to behave like that, we can be sure that God, God behaves like that. And that is God's feeling and action. So God feels perfect love. When he, fe- when he thinks about you and when he thinks about me. Jeremiah 31 verse 3. The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. That's a powerful verse. Everlasting love. If you know God, if you have a relationship with God, you're going to walk in that everlasting love forever and forever. And God has crafted us to also be instruments of His love. He desires that we demonstrate His compassion and tenderness to the people that we meet in life, that we allow His affection to fill the hurt and and empty places of our heart now we've been doing a series on um, ephesians and today the passage was ephesians 4 verses 30 32 which is primarily about grieving the holy spirit but because it's father's day i didn't want too heavy a sermon and so i'm not going to talk about grieving the holy spirit but it's a good sermon to investigate on another occasion but I do want to talk about the last verse in this passage. I'll just read it to you. It says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And so when we disobey God, when we don't show love, when we show hate and unforgiveness, we grieve Him. By whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Now this is the verse I want to focus on and it's a it's a great verse. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. It's when we become a Christian, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside us. And it's the Holy Spirit that seals us. And it's the Holy Spirit that helps us to treat other people rightly. And to make restitution when we do things wrong. To resist temptation and to do the right thing. You know, often we're torn. We've got to make a decision. And we know when we're doing the right thing, when we feel the peace of God in our heart. If we're feeling troubled and we're thinking, oh, why, why am I doing this? Or should I really do that? That's the Holy Spirit saying, no, don't go down that track. And so the Holy Spirit will help and guide us to live in sexual purity and to deal with our wrong desires. He will walk with us. He will give us the information we need, the discernment and motivation we need to move forward towards perfection in Jesus Christ. He will give us the gifts of the Spirit to operate in. And He will give us the fruit of the Spirit to manifest in our lives. And all this comes out through being in a loving relationship with God and a desire to stay in that relationship. So I I love my wife, and I'm thinking, if I did this, she wouldn't be happy with me. And I want her favour, and I want her love, so no, I'm not going to do that, because I don't want to upset her. And it's the same as we walk in the Spirit. We love God. We want to keep the peace of God in our hearts. And so if something tempts us, and we think, no, that's wrong, God wouldn't be happy with me if I did that. And so we want to preserve that relationship. We want to live in God's peace, joy, forgiveness, blessing, encouragement, and unity. And so the key verses in in that verse 32, uh, they provide the solution to our relational difficulties. Be kind to each other tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Tender-hearted. I've got uh, one of my daughters with me today, and I and still remember the birth of each of my three children. Picking up that little bundle of joy in my arms and thinking, this is my daughter. I love this little girl. I'm going to care for this little girl. I'm going to protect her. Now, that's a tender-hearted feeling. That's, I'm going to look after you. I care about you. I've got a soft heart. And you know, that little girl has a soft heart too. And isn't it great if we can go through life keeping a soft, tender heart? But our hearts get hardened when we go our own way rather than God's way when we get involved in things that we know God doesn't like and so our conscience that normally tells us what's right and what's wrong can become hardened and we don't hear the voice as of God as clearly as we used to you know a young child may fall in the mud or get into a little scrap with another child But any wrongdoing doesn't make us love that child any less. We love that child because that child belongs to us and we care for that child. We know that they'll make mistakes, but we help them through their squabbles and their difficulties and we grow them in the Lord to be the people that he wants them to be. And we can also gently and graciously help People in need around us. People who are sick. People who are going through sorrow or trouble. A cup of water to the thirsty person. Food for the homeless. No condemnation is offered to anyone for being thirsty or homeless or sick or old or in jail. Only genuine concern is shown simply and tenderly as an expression of selfless love you know i read a story about a christian man who had been a sergeant major in the army and he was very bossy and he was used to getting his own way but then someone had just hurt his feelings and so a couple of leaders in the church decided that they were going to go and pay this man a visit and here was this man. He was very angry. He was full of his own rights because he'd been mistreated. But after some gentle conversation, he broke down and wept. His shoulders shook and he apologized. The two leaders realized that for such a person to admit that his attitude was wrong was a miracle of the Holy Spirit. They had come alongside this man In the spirit of Galatians chapter 1, chapter 6, verse 1, which says, Brothers, if someone is caught in sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently, but watch yourself, or you also will be tempted. We also can ask the Lord to help us to change the way we feel, the way we act and behave. The more tender-hearted things that we do for other people, the more tender-hearted we become. We may not know what to say to a person who's grieving the loss of a loved one, but we can just go and sit quietly with them. Or the person who has a doctor's appointment that they're worried about, we can just go and be with them. We can show kindness by picking up that person who needs a ride to church or holding that crying baby while the mother deals with a crying toddler. There's all sorts of things that we can do to show God's love to people around us. Isaiah 61 verses 1 and 2 says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. Now, these were, this was a prophecy about Jesus, And Jesus quoted these verses in the temple. But these verses also apply to every believer who is full of the Holy Spirit. Every believer who is walking in the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon you and upon me. For the Lord has anointed us to bring good news to the poor. He has sent us to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be free. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. We've got a mission statement in this church to reach out to those needy people in our community with the love of Jesus Christ. And then the next phrase forgiving one of one another you know not one of us deserve the goodness of god none of us are worthy of god's goodness and mercy his love but we are saved because god first loved us and he sent his son jesus to die and take the punishment that we deserved for our sins and God chose to indwell each one of us with his Holy Spirit if God hadn't forgiven us we couldn't have a relationship with him or know what it means to lay down our own guilt and shame and move into a new life of wholeness and purity Matthew 6 verses 14 and 15 tells us, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. To be forgiven is to be set free from guilt and shame, to love others and to do good to them. To forgive others is to say, I'm not going to heap guilt and shame and accusation on you. I'm not your judge and jury. I free you to the hands of Jesus so that God can deal with you himself. I receive God's forgiveness for my past. And so I'm not going to hang on you my guilt and shame. I want to free my mind to meditate on the things that God desires that I think about. I don't want my mind to be hijacked by negative thoughts. I'm not going to carry resentment and unforgiveness towards you because I want to stay in that zone of God's peace and God's love. So not all of us have had loving parents. And even if we haven't had a loving parent, even if we have had an abusive parent, it's important that we forgive them. Even if we thank them for the gift of life, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for our parents, whether they were good parents or not. But you know, our past is tied to us through an umbilical cord of unforgiveness. And it's through that unforgiveness that curses can pass down through family lines from one generation to the next. But when we forgive, we cut that cord so that God can purify our hearts and our motives. And then when we live according to his law of forgiveness, our hearts are protected and remain pure and tender. Our speech is kind and filled with the power of the Holy Spirit to encourage others, to heal others, and set them free in the name of Jesus. And so as we take communion this morning, let's thank Jesus for his act of forgiveness, forgiving us for our sin. And let's forgive those who have hurt us and ask the Holy Spirit to help us to do this. It's a bit like treating cancer. We can identify the cancerous tissue that needs to be destroyed and we can zap it with radi- radiation or chemotherapy. Chemotherapy. God will direct the laser beam of the Holy Spirit into the cancer in our souls as we focus our efforts on destroying its presence in our flesh. Every time we're tempted to do something that grieves the Holy Spirit, we can say, that kind of behavior is dead in my life. Let's pray. Father God, we pray a special blessing on fathers this morning, that they will know you and give freely of your love. We love you, and we desire to love what you love. Lord, baptize us afresh with your spirit this morning. Help us to become your intimate friends, so that you can entrust us with your secrets and better use us in your service. Lord, as we draw near to you, manifest your presence in our lives and in this place. In Jesus' name. Amen.